to the kinky hair culture podcast where we interview the people behind the chair and the people that makes your natural hair products today we have a special guest she's straight from the military so she's gonna give us all the details about hair care her journey well, i'm gonna let her introduce herself please introduce yourself to everybody okay um my name is tamika atkinson um i'm in my 14th year of military service um, that is including a break. I did have a break in service for about four or five years and I decided to come back in. So I'm currently on year fifth, going into year 15. So I'm um, just past the 14 year mark. And um, in just a few, then I'll be getting ready to gear towards my 20 year retirement. I know that's right. Woo-hoo. So <laughs> girl, give us a little backstory about you growing up. Did you, was you relaxed? Was you natural? Tell us a little bit about um, it. My mom was my mom was very particular with how we kept our hair. Um, mm-hmm. She did not allow me to get a relaxer until um, because I've always oh, had bad. naturally curly hair, like always. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom would tell me, she's like, you know, you, your hair is definitely you know your glory or whatever so you don't want to just do any kind of way or whatever and and it's crazy because even to this day I'm 37 years old and you know I have my own children um and then my sisters you know they have their children and she's the same way about them too so she continues to instill in them what she instilled in us that because of her I've always been very particular with how I care for my hair I like to do a lot of protective styles because that helps keep my hair um nice and healthy um and then every now and then if I want to you know try to switch up and I'll do that too but I just try to stay away from chemicals as much as possible um because I mean to me and that that's just just my opinion um eventually they'll just they'll tear your hair up so I think it's better to remain in a natural state as long as it's you know manageable but um that can be learned as well you don't have to you don't have to go without combing your hair just to say that you're natural. And I've seen that yeah. happen so many times. Like, okay, yes. it's a difference between natural and nappy now. Come on, let's let's know that there's a difference here. <laughs> you can have natural hair and it be beautiful, but it just depends on how you take care of it. That's what I look at now. So you never had a perm? I have. Um, I got I think I was in high school whenever I got my first perm, um, because my mom was not having that at all she was not having it. So I loved it because I just thought, oh yeah, my I get the um <laughs> I get to, to slay my hair and let it go this way, let it go that way. Eventually <laughs> I started realizing, okay, what have I really done to myself? Because yes, I like for my hair to look straight or whatever. And this is before I knew all about the different flat irons. Um mm-hmm. the ceramic the ceramic plates for flat irons and everything else. So I just thought that okay, if I can get my hair to look straight, then it'll be pretty. I didn't really I didn't really take the time to embrace my natural state of hair because I just knew that I wanted I wanted it to flow. I wanted it to look a certain way. 
but in the end I felt as though me processing my hair is um is what actually caused me to damage it a little bit okay so when like the whole relaxing thing like you know what I'm not gonna put another relaxer in my hair um honestly um let me see I would go after my after I graduated high school graduate I would go like two years without a relaxer and then I decide oh I want to have straight hair um then I would decide I'm sorry my baby's talking in the background (laughs) then I would decide well I'm just gonna I think I'm gonna go back to my relaxed state and I leave it like that and I was doing that you know so often after I had graduated high school and then I finally decided to just leave relaxers alone um in 2019 okay 2019 you was like Mm -hmm. you know what I'm done I'm done Mm -hmm. with it was Mm -hmm. it a drastic change or did you slowly take your time as like you know what I'm gonna do the big Mm -hmm. chop I wouldn't say say that it was like a I wouldn't say it was a a drastic change for me because what I did um in order to keep myself from wanting to perm my hair I just started Mm -hmm. wearing protective styles because when you perm your hair then you got all the sort of fine hairs everywhere. Everything is bone straight or whatever. And to add attention to that and to pull it, it tears it up. So for a lot, for um for a long time. So luckily, um last year military started to change um the way that females are allowed to wear their hair. So it's actually been very beneficial because we can now embrace our natural hair. When I was at when I was on duty the other weekend, whenever I had met you, then if you notice, my hair was in a natural puff, and it was beautiful like, too. It was most so of beautiful. The time, thank you. Well, if had that new rule, then we would not have been allowed to do that. My hair would have had to be um, neatly secured in a tight bun, and that's all, that's it. That's all you could do. But now it's like females are allowed to wear their locks. Um, they can we can wear of course we can wear braids which we've always wore braids if we wanted to but mm-hmm. even if you had braids you had to have them you had to have them pulled up you had to have them put in a bun um, like but it's so it's so much more laid back now and I guess they figure you know I mean hair is not going to make or break you whenever it comes to you doing your job so why put a why put a title on you know what you're supposed to do for your hair because everybody's different so now when I walk into my unit and stuff and I see so many different hairstyles I'm like okay I think I can dig this so it's really not that bad so thank you for sharing that about your experience of your hair in the military let's Mm -hmm. take it back some let's take it back Mm -hmm. when you first started okay Okay. where was you deployed your first place you was deployed um, I was actually now I was supposed to get sent to um back mm-hmm. in twenty seven no twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. However, um I got pulled back from that deployment because my nana, who was the caregiver for my children, she actually ended up having a stroke and became total care. Oh. So um did not go on that deployment, but I already knew and what I was going to start with would have been um, braids because that would be in the yeah. require the, the least amount of maintenance um, and also I would be able to wash it you know um, while I have it in because I didn't know how long I was going to be over there um, but another thing that I thought about um, was the following year after that then we got we got deployed down to Puerto Rico we were gone for 
about three months um, after Hurricane Maria had came through. And mind you, you know, we left from we left from the States. We went down to Puerto Rico where there was no electricity, only in certain areas. So Ooh. therefore, we're, our hair and stuff is going to take a beating, like seriously. So um, back in we we had access to a few things we could bring you know our own personal products and everything so what okay. i did since i knew that i was not going to be able to manage my hair like i wanted to because we, when i tell you that we got called up and like the next week we were getting ready to go i didn't have time to schedule a hair appointment to go get my hair braided or i did not know how long it was going to be gone so i just did what anybody else would do i just threw some some cornrows in my hair and called it a day and then once I got over to Puerto Rico, then I was able to um, gradually change my um, my hairstyles and stuff. So the so only thing you you hit well, um, most of the time I kept it in two braids um, because the oh. humidity um, it, it had thunderstorms over there every single night. So when you wake up, then you've got somebody. It's humid, like it, it was just crazy. So if I would have tried to even get a little cute or whatever, by the time of the day was over with, I'm looking like a chia pet because my hair is everywhere. <laughs> so the only thing my hair was to keep it break down. So I would just sit there um, in our bunks at the end of the night when we got finished doing our duties and stuff, and I would part my and do a braid on one side and a braid on the other side because that's the only thing that was really manageable. And and honestly, things are changing um, in the way of deployment styles too because now that now that females are able to wear their hair in different um, states, then that gives us more options. So if, okay. if I decided I wanted to lock, be good, I could lock my hair and, and boom, that'll set me through deployment. Um, if I decided that I want to get micro braids in which, you know, people don't really wear I wanted that and I could micro braids on you know it's different things that you know and it's also things that are more accessible while deployed as well so it's not like I would have you know be over there and not be able to maintain anything or whatever no like I would be able to still keep my hair up it just depends on how bad I wanted to make sure that it was still looking you know legit and stuff okay I had a friend that um when she went this back in like two thousand one, she went she went to Japan and she was sitting there telling me about like oh how they because she wore here relax she had a short haircut and she mm-hmm. was telling me that they don't have that many products over here I can't find anything she was like just telling me the stuff and everything and she was just like oh my god I don't know what I'm gonna do to my hair <laughs> mm-hmm. while I'm over here and that was like at the beginning of two thousands and it's like wow <laughs> the struggle is really real. Yes, you got to really yes. get to know absolutely. your hair. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. That's absolutely right. Did you but have any friends? Did you have any friends that told you any like horror stories of the experience with their hair? Um, no, not really. Um, because you know most of the deployment size now they're coming. They're coming. Um, we're able to do different things. Um, but I know when I first got into the military. Um that's whenever it was really hardcore um because i first joined back in 2004 so when i first came in we didn't have that many deployments but for the women that were going on deployments back then i know many that used to cut their hair off just to just to keep from having to deal with their hair because they knew that they were not going to be able to maintain it so a lot of women of color they literally would cut their hair off and 
then you know it'll grow back while they're over there or whatever but it's only because they they didn't know you know how they're going to be able to maintain their hair but now things are different so you know that's that's kind of a plus for us now that you're over here and i know that you have a daughter how do you Mm -hmm. maintain their hair with your by you being in the military well um both of my girls they're of age where they can pretty much do their own um both of them uh, my daughter she has I call it coarse C hair is coarse but it's also um she has curls as well and mm-hmm. uh um she loves all natural hair care products um she's into you know doing protective styles as well but when she doesn't have protective styles then she embraces her um her curly fro is what I call it and then my 15 year old um now she has that she has what they call that good good hair so she can put water on her hair and it's going to curl right up and it'll stay like that all day like that's how mm-hmm. her hair is so they both have really good grades of hair they both have really good grades of hair and i haven't had to be um one to really do too much to it however when they were growing up then i also made sure that i kept their hair done so mm-hmm. um especially with my 15 she's always had a head full of they they couldn't even so they used to think um Maylin, come on now they used to think that she um that she had a wig on when she was about six months oh. old and i'm like oh, she doesn't have a lot of hair but um as she grew <laughs> older then she would have ponytails hanging down her back and everything and that's what i did you know because i wanted to make sure that i protected her hair i kept her ends clipped and everything and like i and i did the same thing even to my 19 year old um, you know, I made sure I kept her ends clipped. I kept her hair braided. I kept everything done in a way that I knew would um, would help them have healthy hair. Okay, because it's hard. Because I was going to ask you, I had to ask you that question. Because mm-hmm. I know with the military, you have to, when they say get up, you got to basically uh-huh. run to your next destination. So you yeah. don't have time to be like a full time mom all the time. Mm-hmm. You want to be a full time yeah. mom. So mm-hmm. um. That's why I asked you these questions and stuff. So that way people get the inside of military life. This episode of the Kinky Hair Culture Podcast is brought to you by My Locks Have Powers. This book is about a little girl who shows the world that her locks have powers by embracing her locks. Join Kima in loving her locks. Let's stop the stigma of natural hair starting with our children. Let's teach them how to love their texture and however they wear their natural hair. This book is found on Amazon. This book is also written by me, Candace, illustrated and written. So go out there and get that book on Amazon. My locks have powers. Because it's mm-hmm. not a joke. You try mm-hmm. to juggle both a career mm-hmm. and your children at the same time, just like we do mm-hmm. on the outside. But the thing about uh, being a night in the military, we can say, you know what? I don't feel like being bothered. But with mm-hmm. y'all, y'all have to go because y'all signed on the dotted line. It's not like you can't say, you exactly. know what? I'm calling out today. I ain't coming. You got to actually show up. <laughs> right. So. Right. So that's one of the things I commend you for that. Because I thought about going to the military. But yeah, it was <laughs> too much stuff was happening for me. So I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't. Okay. So one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is their mental health coming out of the military. Right. How do you feel about that? Um, mental health 
especially like you know you come out the military and you expect to live a normal life a lot of people don't live exactly normal life because a lot of stuff has happened to them and Mm -hmm. I know mental health people don't take knowledge everything that's doing with your body deals with your hair too yeah that's true that is so so true speak on that please so um with with mental health um we have a lot of different outlets um in which we can seek assistance um for mental health issues and um some soldiers take advantage of it some soldiers are still a little bit too prideful and they'll say they're fine and you know they'll kind of sweep their issues under the rug but one thing that i have um found out you know just over my 14 years is that it's okay not to be okay and it's, a, and it's okay to seek help when needed because at times, you know, people need help. So yes. um, I feel as though it, it is a growing concern. Um, there have been countless numbers of, um, of attempted suicides or actual suicides where people actually go through the act. And it's all because, you know, they don't take advantage of the outlet that's there for them. And then another thing, when you're transitioning... Naylin, come on, baby. Another thing you find, look, you have children, okay? So they, this is the all genuine, okay? He's busy. But um, but when when you're transitioning from the military and going into the civilian lifestyle, then what a lot of um soldiers don't realize is that if all they know is military, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to make that transition because most of the time they have not picked up a civilian trade they have not picked up something they can carry on to the civilian side to continue in the money you know that they were making at one time so therefore that's what brings in the depression the depression comes and sets in then different thoughts start to trigger their mind and everything else then you may have some that suffer from ptsd because there's been so many different things that happen to them whether it be Mm -hmm. from um things within their unit whether it be things from um the stuff that they see on deployments um just any of those and when they don't get help for it, then that can cause a domino effect. So what what happened? You got you got scenario A, and scenario A happens, and guess what? It goes and knocks on scenario B's door, and then it goes to scenario C, and on and on and on. So when it comes to the mental health part and and the hair you start to lose your hair. You And, mm-hmm. and people say, oh, well, you know, they say that um, the stress kills and then stress also make you bald too. Because yes. the, thing, the thing is like when you, when you have some, whenever you have too much stuff on you, you have to think you're not eating like you're supposed to. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not um, taking care of your physical health like you're supposed to. And to be honest, in order for you to maintain healthy hair, then you have to maintain a healthy lifestyle too. You can't expect to have a, a head full of glorious hair and you're out there drinking your sorrows away seven days a week. Um, mm-hmm. You can't expect to, you know, continue to have a, a head full of beautiful hair and you want to smoke anything that comes across your finger just because you want to take the edge off of how you're feeling. That's not how things work. So it's important to know that, yes, mental health is real. Yes, you, you there are people who suffer from it and that can actually trigger over to the outward appearance that people see. They, they can look mm-hmm. at them. It's like now you can look at people sometimes and tell that something is going on with them. But it like with us, and I say us meaning people of color, it's, yes. it's been downplayed so much. And it's like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with you. Oh, you don't need. No, people need to know that it's okay that, you know, that they should be able to reach out and get the assistance that they need or whatever without feeling like they're going to get shunned for it. But unfortunately, 
that's just what happens in the black community. Like, I just feel like, I feel like if we took the time to reach out to each other, whenever we see that, uh, you know, the people are going through things and that'll help, um, you know, bring us out of that dark path that we see so many going down. But it's just, I don't know. It's like a revolving door. It's, it's not going to end because on one hand, people are okay with going to go get help. And then on the other hand, they're like, no, I don't need to talk about this because, you know, they say, uh-uh, I ain't trying to seem like I'm weak, da da da, da. But yeah. that, that's exactly what people go through. It's just sad. It's sad. But I see a lot of it, though, honestly. If there is some, if someone comes to you and mm-hmm. asks for advice about seeking help, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that you say to them to encourage well, them to go? Well, for one thing, if when, when someone comes to me and tells me that they need help, that lets me know that they trust me. Mm-hmm. Because you have to trust somebody in order to confide in them to let them know that something is going on. So the first thing that I'm going to do is ask them, is there any way that I can help them first? Because a lot of times, um, a lot of times whenever you have people dealing with mental health, you know, they may come to you and say, you know what, I got this situation going on and they don't really want to go to another outlet. Maybe they just want to vent. Maybe they just want to get it off their mind and everything else. So the first thing I ask them is, you know, is okay, is there anything you want to talk about? And then if they don't want to talk, then I'm going to give them a list of um, a list of references, you know, that they can go and check out or whatever. But I'm still going to throw that nugget in there to let them know, hey, listen, at the end of the day, if you don't want to talk to anybody else, that's fine. Your secret is safe with me. You can come to me about anything. And I always try to make sure I keep an open door. And uh, it, it's, it's so ironic that you bring that up because I've had so many people to reach out to me um, about different things that they go through. And I'm right there because I feel as though, you know, someone, you should always have that person. You should always have a person that you can go to, um, to help you get through different storms in your life. So anytime that anybody comes up to me, Hey, I'm good. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Cause a lot of people are afraid to speak up. They're a lot. They are afraid to ask any questions. Like you said, they feel like that might be a dumb question about to ask. Yeah. Two, I just told somebody my business. Number three, oh my God, what that person think of me? And sometimes you just have to get out that mindset. Find, and, and a lot of people think like, who can I talk to? Even mm-hmm. if you have to talk, go in the room, close the door, and talk out loud to yourself. Mm-hmm. And be like, look, I'm just going to scream and I'm going to say whatever I got to say. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to call my mom. Or, or, yeah. Okay. And it's you got to get it out. Because keeping it in, it's not good for your health at all. That's exactly right. So, your COVID periods. You know, COVID, we're still in the phase of all this. Mm -hmm. How did you you handle COVID? So, um, in the beginning of 2020, um, in the beginning of 2020, it it was kind of scary. And see, um, with with me also, I mean, not only am I in the military, but, you know, I also work for the school system. So you okay. can imagine, you can just imagine how hectic and scary it was for us to close the doors of the schools. Um, with me being at the central office, um, we had so many different cases that came across. Um, I, I wasn't so much, I wasn't that much afraid of the virus itself. I knew the importance of it. I knew the severity behind it because I also knew that, you know, it could be deadly. Um, it's a lot of things that, that can happen to people that get COVID and stuff. So I did take that part seriously, but I didn't allow it to 
to con- consume my entire life because mm-hmm. I felt as though, yes, COVID is here, but so are a plethora of other things too. So if mm-hmm. there's still other types of diseases and stuff that are running rampant or, you know, around the world that can be contracted to, um, to anyone um, or by anyone at any given moment, then how am I going to give that much power to one disease? To you know, yeah, and yes, it spreads. It'll spray like wildfire, and it did. It took away a, a lot of people that I love um, and cared about. Like it, 2020 was a year. Of, Boy, who you telling? <laughs> it, it was just, it was horrible. You know, I felt like I had my heart ripped out of my chest so many times from losing yes. so many people that I was, you know, that was near and dear to my heart. So therefore, I'm like, you know, hey, I, we we just got to get through this thing. So what I decided to do. Um, there was a period where we were able to work remotely from home, um, mm-hmm. but there were times where we where we couldn't even go into the armory um, wow. as far as like to do our military duty or whatever. So um, at one point, I remember one one of our drills we had to do it remotely. So we had like different things that we had to um, that we had to do like on the computer, and we had to submit this, submit that in order to get paid and everything else. So of course, I did my work, but I took advantage of that. Um, while I was out on, I think it was in November of 2020, I found out that I was pregnant with my little boy oh. and it was, it was a surprise because, um, I was done cause I had three children. My youngest, um, was about, my youngest was turning nine in 2021. So no, yeah, he was going to be turning nine in 2021. So I'm like, Hey, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm almost at the 10 year mark. So I'm good to go. My oldest daughter is over <laughs> is a senior in high school. She about to graduate in June. So I'm good. And I found out on November the 4th, 2020, that I was pregnant. So, um, now I'm like, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. It's COVID. What's going on? I, I don't know. So I'm freaking out and stuff. And then about two, three weeks later, I found out I had COVID. So you can only imagine the amount of fear that came over me. And I was just like, Oh my God, I wasn't even scared for myself. I was scared for my baby because I'm like, yeah. Whoa, like, wait a minute, I'm pregnant and I have COVID. What's going to happen? Is my baby going to be okay? And I was so scared. And I was just like, you know what? No, I'm just going to sit back and, and take my time and and just make sure I take care of myself. And my boyfriend, um, he was, you know, pretty much telling me, look, listen, you're, you, you'll be good. You know, you're strong and everything else. And he encouraged me the whole way or whatever. And eventually, you know, I was, I was able to come through my, um, my uh my period you know where i had to be away from everybody and everything my quarantine um after that then i just i just kind of watched out for everybody else that was around me because i knew i kept my hands clean i knew i wore my mask (laughs) i knew i did everything you know that covid is still real and it's still going around however I don't have that big fear. Um, not not as much as I did two years ago anyway, because I know how to handle it a whole lot better. So just say, mm-hmm. hey, just taking it one day when at a time. Was, uh, stuck in the COVID. Uh-huh. How did you take care of your hair? Because I know a thousand people start freaking out. Once you can't <laughs> go to the hair salon, you can't do nothing. A yeah. lot of stuff was on uh, remote, so you had to throw that wig on. But at home, yeah. a lot of people would... <laughs> suffering in silence like I found out what what a headband wig was during COVID um okay and I looked (laughs) not only that like I know how to braid myself so um when I was actually in quarantine when I was when I after I found out I was pregnant with my son I was in quarantine I box braided my whole head 
Mm-hmm. I sure did. I took and boss braided my whole hair, and then um, and then after I finished that, then um, I I think I wore my braids for about three months. Of course, I was washing it in between time, but I wore my braids for about three months, and then after that, that's when everything started to open up little by little. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go into the salon to get my sew in or or get something else, but I would not wear my own hair at that time because I was like, nope, there's uh uh-uh. uh. There's nothing I can really do right now. And it was growing <laughs> like a weed because, you know, me being pregnant, taking my vitamins and everything else, then yes. hey, I was I was on one. So my hair was growing like like crazy. And I was just like, nope, let, let me go ahead and figure out what I got to do and just keep my hair done. And that's what I did. I just kept it done. I, Look, you went straight into survivor mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to. Look, everything the military taught you how to survive you was like yeah. okay this is what we're gonna do okay everybody this is what we're gonna do in the house okay i got this product yeah. I got this product you can see here and stuff and everything we yeah. have to get some you get some okay survival that's, mode. that's, that's what they right. teach you that's right they do they really do <laughs> well i appreciate you taking time out to tell us a little bit about the military a little yes. bit about your personal life i appreciate Absolutely. you Taking time hey, I, out, I, I it. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Look, I hope to get to see more of you and have more Absolutely. conversation with you. Um, yes. Before I let you go, I do have um, one game that we always play. We normally play okay. which one has to go, okay? But I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna since the military has changed, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say which one has to go. Which one you prefer, okay? Okay. Since okay. you can wear gotcha. your styles, braids, okay. a puff. Or your hair out, just like a twist out. Um, I prefer a puff. Why? Because um, I, I mean, because I have the natu- I have that curly hair, and I just feel like it looks. I don't know. It, it can still have a professional look to it as long as it's kept, um, uh-huh. and it doesn't have to be you know everywhere. And then I I would do that versus um the braids because then I would still end up having to pull it up if it's too long, um, yeah. and then I would also choose that over the twist out because depending on how the weather is that can affect my twist out but I know with my puff I won't go wrong I know that's right look, <laughs> look, at, look at that that strategy from mm-hmm. the military property you was like uh, yeah. okay this is what mm-hmm. we're going to do Boom. I love it I love mm-hmm. it <laughs> mm-hmm. well I appreciate you thank you thank you thank you is anything yes, you want to leave you. the audience before you go all I can say is hey live each day to the fullest live it like it's your last you only get one life to live so enjoy it amen thank you guys and until next time this is the kinky hair culture podcast and we see you later bye guys thank you bye bye okay this episode of the kinky hair culture podcast is brought to you by my Hair Won't Grow. This book was illustrated and written by me, Candace. This book was designed to help children understand their natural hair and understand what shrinkage is really all about. So let's stop the stigma of natural hair, starting with our children. You can find this book on Amazon. And again, the name is My Hair Won't Grow.
time to change my life.